Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. How are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by Atlas VPN. I got to give a quick shout out to a handful of my VIP members over on the Patreon before getting into this video. We got Michael Messer, Nolan Dick, OB, we got Outlaws, Queef Lane Brown, good name, that's kind of an interesting one, Ralph Golf. So without y'all's support over there on the Patreon, these videos uh, wouldn't be possible. But if anybody's looking for any ex- exclusive content, video every single week, the ad has one exclusive video every single week. And you guys get these videos early without ads. And then, uh, yeah, just go check out the Patreon. It's always linked down below. Your support is always sincerely appreciated. Thank you. So I keep seeing people talk about these Afghan commandos that are being currently recruited by the Russians or the Wagners. They're going to be fighting inside of Ukraine like it's a big deal. Okay. I guess it could be seen as a big deal. To a certain extent, uh, that they're having to actually seek outside help from an entity that was trained by the United States government to fight the Taliban. But this group of men who call themselves commandos are honestly somewhat useless. Like, I worked a lot with these guys inside of Afghanistan, and we would always make them or make a joke about them saying, like, we're hurting cats. Like, when we were forced to work with these guys. Now, they're granted, there's going to be a few good ones. There was a few good ones inside of the mix, but for the most part, they were they were about as tra- they were less trained the lowest ranking person you could possibly think of inside of our military like our brand new privates that came out of our basic training were better trained than these commandos like they just it just is this is the way it was like they legit had no idea like no kidding there was multiple times where we'd like be in the middle of a firefight and one of these dudes would just like take a break sit down face the other way have a cigarette eat something like would not do anything did not care we just slap him in the back of the head like stand up and shoot do something like, do everything in our power to stand, like, shoot at the guys that are trying to kill you. Like, they were just extremely lazy. Um, even, even with our extremely disciplined military forcing them to do the tasks that we didn't want to do either because we were forced to do them because the higher-ups were like, oh, you got to go down and do this, clear this. And you're like, oh, my God, why we got to do it? To make your OER bullet look good? Yay! That was pretty much how it went. Let's just be honest. Like, like we were flipping the bill for these men to fight, and they didn't want to fight. That's pretty much it. I couldn't imagine them. Like, even attempting to go against the Ukrainians with American-supplied munitions. Like, when I say this is, the, like, the, the most basic trained military that I know of, like, I really mean it. Like, these guys were, were taught, like, basic ready-up drills, like, react contact in hopes that they actually retain a small bit of it when it mattered. And I will say I feel bad for some of them to a certain extent. Like I said, there were some good ones because the situation our government put them in, they left these guys high and dry when Biden decided to frantically leave the country uh, back, I think, was it last November, October time frame? Something like that. They, they, they've been hunted down by the Taliban ever since. Like, literally ever since we left. And they also have a skill set that is a bit better than the average Russian. They need to work on uh, themselves just a little bit, as we know. And they're willing to pay them. Like, if you're willing to pay a hunted man enough money, he's probably willing to do just about anything. He doesn't want to be in that country. So, I don't think it's going to change anything. Like, for the Wagner group. I think it was like 80-something men they, they picked up or something. 88 or 84, 86. It doesn't really matter. These men are not that skilled or trained in urban combat whatsoever either. All the fighting they have done has been in the mountain terrain along, I guess there, there's been some like occasional clearing of villages, but you're not talking much more than like collots and mud walls and mud huts and stuff like that. Nothing of, of real, it's, there's no real, uh, I, I guess, urban environment there. 
to be honest with you. Unless you're in like the major cities, which that's not where the fighting was taking place. But we also haven't heard much from the great leader himself. Um, this gentleman, I don't know if he's actually seen anything inside of Ukraine, as in since the war has started. I have no idea. Uh, but he's been commanding his troops fearlessly. Now, not only did he make this video to make sure his followers, which are the people inside of his country, know that he will be fighting to get back all the ground they've lost. Yes, all the ground they've lost in the last few months. But apparently, they're going to they're be bringing all our burning, excuse me, all the Ukrainians alive if they tend to surrender, which is kind of a weird statement to make. He also put out a rant in a text form, okay, that is calling for all self-respecting Muslims to start acting in Europe and called for them to help against the fight against the West. There was a new narrative that we were seeing over and over and over that's commonly being spread right now, is that the West are devils. This is terrible. It's terrible for me to say this. Like, I know this sounds absolutely insane and just outright weird, but even... Like the assistant secretary, the secretary, or excuse me, the assistant secretary of the Security Council of the Russian Federation. My God, imagine having that title. That is a mouthful. He has stated that Ukraine has, this is a word I've never heard of, they need to de Satanized, which is, like I said, I don't even know, did that word even exist until Russia made it? I don't know. Did it, did it exist? I've never heard of this word. They just—they're not moving away from the Nazi rhetoric, so I guess they're hoping this one might stick or trick. Maybe, hopefully, a few hearts and minds with their civilian population. Never heard of that word. Please let me know—is that a real word, Brayden? Is that a—is that a real word? Yeah. Oh, it is a real word. Okay, I didn't know that. So I learned something new today, and hopefully you did. It's pointless. So, developed by top cybersecurity specialists and IT engineers in 2019, Atlas VPN has created and was created to make the internet accessible and secure for everyone. Currently, it has 6 million users worldwide. This is the best VPN deal inside of the market. Enjoy the most affordable online protection for just $1.99 a month. Plus, you guys get three months for free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Yes, $1.99 a month. That's like a cup of coffee or less than a cup of coffee, depending on where you get it. And then you get three months of free and you have 30 day money back guarantee. Unlock your favorite content from all over the world. You can't access friends or other legendary shows on your Netflix while being abroad. Hey, don't worry. I had to use them. I, I, I said this to you guys. I used them myself when I was overseas. We couldn't watch a show. My wife couldn't watch a show she wanted to watch. Guess what? We use Atlas VPN. They also keep your Google searches private. Looking for something on Google. Don't want someone to know. Hey, look, I don't uh, you know what I'm not going to say. 
There's some stuff I search on Google I don't want people to know about. But with Atlas VPN, you can search the web with real and organic search results and do it without getting your, your activity tracked. Stop ads and malware. Atlas VPN blocks everything from malicious links, ads, and trackers and notifies you when someone is trying to steal your data. Save some coins while shopping online. Get the best deals while shopping online, including online subscriptions to Netflix, Spotify, airlines, hotels, and more. Protect unlimited devices with Atlas VPN. It protects all your devices with one single subscription. Right now, Atlas VPN is running a huge discount. It means you guys can get a three-year subscription for just $1.99 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That is right. Atlas VPN is running a huge discount. It means you can get a three-year subscription for $1.99 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Check the link at the very top of the description. Check them out. Atlas VPN, $1.99 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. There'll be linked link at the very top description. Thank you so much to Atlas VPN for sponsoring this episode. The United States has also decided it is time to accelerate the plans to update their nuclear arsenal inside of Europe. Now, the rescheduled time of the arrival for this upgraded B-61-12, I don't know why they had to make these things sound crazy. It's just a very large bomb that explodes big. Sounds better than B-61-12, but this is the airdropped gravity bomb. Uh, it's going to be going to these NATO bases inside of Europe. It's been moved up from December, or excuse me, to December of 2022, so here in a couple months. It was going to be in like March or April or May of next year. Uh, the United States government claims that it has no way in shape or form linked to the current events that are happening inside of Ukraine, which I'm going to say probably isn't true. I don't know why we have to even say it or mention it, but let's, let's just claim it. Let's just take, yeah, it's because Putin is being a butt. That's why we decided to do it. That's why that's that's the be be proud about it. Say so, yeah, you know what, the guy like look at what he's saying. He's telling everybody he he just wants to blow up the whole world with nukes. So yeah, we decided to move some more some more in there. That's pretty much it. They claim this project's been going on uh, in the works for years now, which I'm, I'm sure it has. But to me, the fact that Putin uh, keeps throwing it out there and his weight out there that he could touch anybody inside of Europe, I think this is the more reason why they decided to actually. Hey, European Yard Partners, hey, look, don't worry, we're here. We're here to back you. I mean, we already have working nukes over there that are just fine and would do the job if needed to. Just, this is like the this is like a modern-day version of the 1980s all over again. It's like a little bit backwards. We're moving stuff over there. They weren't, they're not moving stuff to Cuba yet. Um, I, do, I do think it's, it's, it's more fast-paced than we saw back then. Just due to the nature of the human beings, like human beings and, and, and everything that's changing and our ability to get information instantly. The consumption of information and the ability to get said information has drastically changed over the last 30 or 40 weeks. And honestly, it's pretty insane. Think about it. You guys come on here. You guys get your, your daily dose or your dosage of 48 hours worth of news packed into one. Everything you need to know. Back then, I mean, you wouldn't find out about something two days ago, three days ago. And then you'd be like, oh, God, that happened like a week ago, Bob. Hey, Bob, that happened a week. Now it's like you're getting it like this. This is an off-topic fact, by the way. It's a cool one. It's going to throw it out there. Okay. I promise you guys, if you guys smoke weed, like you don't want to go down this path. Like after, after smoking, you're not going to want to go down what I'm about to tell you because it will bring you to another dimension. I don't smoke weed or anything, but I just, I know what it does. Let's be honest. There was a, there was like, there was literally a generation of human beings that went from riding on horse and buggy, like horse and buggy and carts to seeing a man land on the moon all in one lifetime, all in one lifetime. I know it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but that was told to me the other day, and it, and it just made me just like, that's crazy. But anyway, I throw it out there. This next video you guys are going to see, not going to have much validity to me because they're clearly being forced to say certain things, and any human being 
that's that's being put in this situation, shoved into war. You don't want to fight. Uh, you, th- you know, you just throw it, you throw it in front of the enemy, and they're filming you. You see, you're repeating what they're saying. Anyway, I just want to, I want you guys to take note of the clothing the, the men are wearing, and they're the these are the mobilized men that are being sent to Ukraine. <laughs> Данное видео для Дмитрия Владимира для пополнения обмена фонда. So you, you saw that they say they didn't like Putin. And for their comrades not to come and fight in the war and they're taken home and 4 a.m. and whatnot. It all might be true. It all might be it might be true. But the validity of the video itself just kind of goes out the window when the guy's holding the camera is like, all right, you don't like Putin. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I don't like Putin. You know what I mean? That's just kind of, it's not the way. It, it, anyway. But you can see how poorly mobilized these, these men are outfitted. Like, like, or excuse me, I said that incorrectly. You can see how poorly the mobilized men are outfitted. Or did I say it right the first time? Hmm. Anyway, doesn't really matter. The average person may not see it, though. Like, inside the video, you're just looking at it like, oh, my God, look at these poor guys. Whatever. We're going to overlay it again. Let me explain what I'm, what I'm seeing. Like, what I'm seeing. So, the lack of, the like, the military, I guess you say, the discipline within the military ranks is something, like, you need to pay attention. And honestly, we, we've, we've heard it over and over and over again. Because you can visually see it inside of the videos. Especially this one. Like, this one in the past ones. We see the guy with the red backpack. You guys send me stuff all the time. I guess he now, he just got some award. I know he stepped on a mine a while ago. The, re, the infamous red backpack man. Okay. Back down in uh, Mariupol. You guys remember them? Okay. Always talk about the lack. The older stuff never looks the same. It's always mismatched. It just looks terrible. It's not like a real military. Like their inability to have matching uniforms for their men is something that it's, it's like a telling sign. Like both these men are wearing two completely different outfits with two completely different jackets. One of the guy's clothes doesn't even fit correctly. He's just ate up from the floor up. I know this seems like a small thing. Okay, it seems like a small thing. But when you think about uh, basic military discipline, it all starts with your appearance, how you look. Like, I'm not talking about, like, I've been on deployment and we didn't shave and shower. I, I don't think I showered for, like, three-ish, four-ish months. It was, it was terrible. I get it. There are certain situations like that, but we still were presentable when we went to bigger, like, bases to get refitted. We, we had to be presentable. You can be presentable. I know these guys just got captured, but at least have a matching. Like, none of your stuff matches. Like, nothing matches. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's weird. It's small. I know. Trust me, I get it. It's war. I've been there. I've done it. But as goofy as it sounds, it really is one of the indicators of piss poor uh, discipline at the lowest ranks inside their military. На наших глазах мировой терроризм делает что хочет. Что хочет? Они атакуют Крымский мост. 
Американцы им дают наводки на крейсер Москву. Они им дают любое оружие. Они туда отправили с февраля месяца больше, чем вся долбанная промышленность Украины могла бы произвести. Миллион снарядов. Они поставляют им все вооружение. Они дадут им и боевые самолеты, и танки. Мы поздно стали разворачиваться. Слишком много сволочей врали. Снизу доверху врали. О том, что у них на складах. О том, какие в техническом состоянии содержится техника. О том, сколько бойцов на линии фронта. И ни одного расстрелянного. Now my God, my guy, he is mad. Like for a second, I thought he was talking about someone in like the western side of the world, but apparently he isn't. This one possibly could get a little more interesting. Нет. Ни одного гаденыша за ухо не взяли. Ни один с собой не покончил. Ни один даже рапорт не написал. А теперь вся страна должна встать на войну. И стиснув зубы, и переживая горькие минуты прозрения, перестраиваясь на ходу, потому что воюем не с этой бандеровской сволочью и педиками в ее управлении, а воюем со всей сатанинской машиной Запада. So there it is again. This is new motivation for the Russians is being ingrained so much every single day until you guys believe it to be true. All 9% of you who are watching this who are Russian, how are you guys doing? It's not true. It's the goofiest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm glad you guys come on to here to hear the truth. This stuff you guys are being fed, I have no idea where your beloved country gets this information from. It's not true. Like This guy seems to be struggling mentally, by the way. Just throw it out there. Думали, прыщик, а там раковая опухоль. И уже никакой косметической операции не обойтись. И будут горькие и тяжелые поражения, пока не наберем силу и пока склады не заполним, не забьем под завязку тем, что нужно. Пока вся промышленность не станет работать только для одного, для фронта и для победы. А иначе нас не будет. Не будет ни русской культуры, ни русского языка, ни русских людей. Вот так, ребята. Вот так. А побеждать надо. А воюем с блоком НАТО у которого и военный потенциал, и промышленный. Совсем-совсем иное, чем мы думали, будет нам противостоять. Но хоть учения проводим стратегического ядерного вооружения, надеюсь, оно у нас есть, Надеюсь, здесь мы еще можем. Ох! А виновных надо будет наказывать. И придется их показать миру. И вывести их на белый свет.
и за ложь наказывать жесточайшим образом. Жесточайшим. You know what I mean? Does he seem to be kind of slightly? Like maybe he's struggling mentally, like coping with what's going on with the state of his beloved country. He's clearly having doubts that they even have like working nukes in like inside their arsenal. And at some point, I mean, he he's now like fully coming to this realization, by the way, that they cannot beat NATO even if they put all their full might behind their military. And by full might, I don't, I don't, I don't mean like, well, I don't even know what that means at this point. Because honestly, I think this is all they got. Now, I generally do feel bad. I guess I say don't really feel bad. I don't feel bad at all for the Russians who are fighting inside of Ukraine. But to a certain extent, I do. It just depends on what, what the situation is. Now, for this one, this one's got a different tone. And we keep seeing a different tone from the mobilized men. They're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Now, this next call you're about to listen to, you can hear the veer within the gentleman's voice. Hello? Мамуль, привет. Мамуль, срочно скажи мне, у тебя какая группа? У тебя инвалидность же есть? У меня вторая. Ой, третья рабочая. Блять. Вторая, третья. Первый, второй, я могу стать твоим опекуном, и никуда меня могут, можно отсюда забрать сейчас. Ну и все. Вторая группа у меня вроде бы. Все, я пишу сейчас отказ тогда. А ты делай мне группу, чтобы я был твоим опекуном пока. Собирай бумаги, чтобы я стал твоим опекуном. Я могу быть... напишу, какая у меня группа. Сейчас я напишу тебе. Как ты можешь сейчас посмотреть? Я не могу, блядь, нас везут опять на передок. Я сейчас звоню тебе узнать, нахуй, чтобы где отказ. У нас все отказались, нас пять человек только осталось. Мне нужна причина. Ну, Неужели ты не знаешь, какая у тебя группа, первая или вторая? Первая точно нет. Я думаю, что у меня третья сына. Блядь, я остаюсь здесь тогда. Подожди, подожди, меня звонок с собой бумажки. Третья группа, Ваня, третья группа. Во, у меня карта со мной. Третья группа. Все, я здесь. Третья. Опять на сейчас на первую линию, блядь, опять на в бой, блядь. Я уже не могу, у меня уже нервы не удерживаются. У нас все отказались. Ну, а как-то просто собраться уехать тоже нельзя. Мам, дезертир. Татья. А -а -а. Самое главное, не паникуй. Все будет хорошо у тебя. Не паникуй. Ну, вот здесь, мам, здесь в том-то дело паника, блядь. Понимаешь, я понимаю, что я паникую. Я что-то вчера, как сердце болело, аж мне доктор дал таблетки. Я таблеток выпил, напился, мне сразу так легко стало. И нахуй нас тут накрыли, блядь, нас окружили и начали стрелять, блядь, нас обкладывали. So even if this kid does survive the war inside of Ukraine, he's going to be mentally messed up from uh, literally everything. He's clearly gone. And when it comes to shelling or firefights or whatever it is, and just uh, high stress, high, high tempo, whatever it is, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like every human being reacts differently to, to combat and mortars being dropped on them and all that kind of stuff. It, just, it is what it is. Like you, you, he will suffer some, from, from some sort of PTS or PTSD, whatever the new terminology of it is, for the rest of his life. And, and he's going to have terrible anxiety over it. Those, like, small situations are going to be thrown out of proportion. He's not going to, like his whole life, this whole gentleman's life, like whoever this was, completely changed forever. It took me, honestly, personally, like four to five years to learn how to effectively cope with my, my personal stuff that stemmed from these type of situations. Like, you can have a mortar dropped on you so many times until it's like, okay, I, I don't know. Human beings are all different. I used to use alcohol like everybody else did inside the military, which, which led me down personally, like bad paths, like not good ones. No, it was a good pass. Now, I don't even drink really anymore at all. Like yesterday, I had two beers. That's max for me. I had two. That is crazy. Beforehand, I'd have two in 30 minutes. And then by the end of the hour, I'd have six. And I'd have eight. And I'd have 12. Like, not, not anymore. Like, the last two years, I've been pretty good. It's been, it's been great. So, I don't know, random stories. But that's, that's, I do feel bad for some of those kind of guys like that. Because they're forced to be in these situations that they probably shouldn't be in. They don't want to be in. 
It's not what they signed up for. I at least signed up for it. You know what I mean? I really did. And I guess some say I got what I had coming to me. But it's all good. All right, so here we go. So start this thing off. I'm going to say, here's our Keef. You guys see it way up here. Here's Turnova. Look how far away that is. That's right on the edge of the Russian line. Sorry, I actually cut it off on my mapping. But just north of that is, is Russia. It seems like the Russians are attempting to actually some, some like do some sort of probing attacks. I don't know, which and it could be honestly more than that. I don't really know. Um, it's kind of weird. They, they, they've, they've lost Turnova, I don't know, what, a month ago, a month and a half ago? But they, they've, they sent troops down to, to try to take back Turnova. I don't know if they're just doing probing attacks along the whole line, which seems more reasonable. Maybe to just keep the Ukrainians on their toes, just come in, throw through mortars and rockets or whatever they do. I don't even know what they're doing in this area. But that's what they did. Tried to push down, tried to take the area. Didn't pan out. They got pushed back. It was repelled. But I think it's more of a probing attack. I think we'll see that all along the line. It'd make no sense for them to try to push down into Kharkiv right now. Winter months are coming. What happened last winter when they tried to push into an area? It didn't pan out too well. Now this area is going to be heavily, heavily fortified. I don't see it working out too well. So it didn't work. Anyway, doesn't matter. The numbers we're seeing coming out of the northern part of Sivitov, though. So we're going to zoom in just a little bit here. So the numbers that we're currently seeing coming out of the northern side of, or I guess I say the northern side, the northern front right now, when it, when it comes to the amount of tanks that have been destroyed, it's, it seemed a bit high. Uh, but I believe it's because the Russians are now attempting to push from the northern side down like this out of some of these areas and pushing onto this main route. They're attempting to at least. I think they've lost 40 or so tanks in the last two days. Like I think the last two days, the Russians lost 40 or two tanks. It's fairly high. It almost seemed far-fetched to me. But I believe the number to be true, somewhere roughly around there. Uh, if they're trying to attempt to push down through there, I, th I think it really could be. I do have something I'm going to share with you guys. I know they're fighting extremely heavily all along this line right here. So this main this main line, really heavy. I know we've been talking about this. Um, but we're going to roll with that for right now. Now there's a very large concentration of troops from both sides inside of this area right here. Okay, Very large concentration. I'm going to bring up a map. You guys remember the maps we used to talk about? Um, I, I believe the, the break thing is going to come to the northern side. I'm going to clean this up right now. So just remember this area. It's going to be pretty apparent what I'm talking about. So the area I'm talking about, I think if the Ukrainians do break through, it's going to be from the northern side. There's a big concentration of troops right through here from both sides. Okay. I, I spent some time on a map. We're going to shift over to it right now. Now just bear with me. It's in a different language. It's going to be kind of hard probably to see stuff. So very apparent. This all red side. I know it, it looks weird, but this is, this is a... Uh, what do you want to call this? This is, it's an elevation map. I think it's a flood map is what they call it. But the elevations are going to be orange, yellow, green. Okay, it's going to go down. So orange is going to be the highest. So here's the highest peak. Get out of here. Yellow is going to be the next. Green is going to be the next. And then blue and then purple. So purple is going to be the low. And then it's going to go to blue and then green. Okay, it gradually goes up. Just so you everywhere. I just showed you over there. So as you guys can see, this main thick black line, I'm going to do this to it. So that main line you guys see right there. I'm going to clean it up now. That one right there is the main route. I'm going to show you which main route I'm talking about. So that thick black line is going to be this main route right here. Okay. That's the one I'm talking about. And then it peels off into Civitov. Now, when you're looking at this map, you guys can see that this main route also runs along the elevation changes all through here. So as you can tell, I did in place it. See this, this right here, this red dotted line. That's my beautiful handwriting for the Russian front line as of right now. And you can tell... Or there's a little bit of stalled out type stuff happening in this southern portion right here. And you can tell why. 
You guys see this purple? See this right here? That's all low ground. So if in order for the Ukrainians to push across and get across to this side, which the Russians clearly control the hills. I know, granted, it may be a small elevation change. No, we're not talking mountains. We're talking hills here. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be large enough to where the elevation change is going to dictate the ground on the ground movements. That's why we've seen a little bit of more stalled outness that's happening here. Kremina is about right here, just so you are aware. And then it pushes over to Rubizan. So this is why they haven't been making a ton of advancements on the southern side of this northern front, I guess you would say. It's because they're having, that's why we keep seeing these artillery duels. It's because no one wants to cross this, this danger area right here, this, this valley, this, this draw, I guess you would say. I wouldn't really call it a valley, but that big draw that leads up into those, those hills. That's why. So that's why I think if they're going to come in from anywhere, it's going to be from the northern side. It's going to be much more difficult in terms of getting troops through there because they're going to have a higher concentration, which there is, of Ukrainians and Russians all through here and a lesser concentration all the way through here. So terrain dictates everything that's on the ground. So if you're looking at this, it makes a little bit of sense. But if they're going to push through from the northern side, it's going to be through here. They're going to be able to get more track vehicles, uh, larger equipment, just mainly in more men through this one area. But on the southern side, that's why we're seeing artillery battles from each side. It's because that's all they really can do. Unless one wants to make the drastic choice, which I don't think that's the smartest thing. I think one's trying to find a point to where either one busts through the line on this side or they bust through on this side. I think that's pretty much all they're doing. And then once that happens, the line will completely collapse, and then they're going to have to shift men up or down, which, whichever vice versa. See what I'm saying? When you see it like this, it gives you a better understanding of what's going on and why when you switch back over to this map that doesn't have the elevation, so the draw kind of goes through here, so this is the main draw I was talking about, why it looks like this, okay? So that's pretty much that. I guess I actually kind of wrote that draw incorrectly, but you guys get what I'm trying to, trying to explain. Hopefully, hopefully it made a little bit more sense. Uh, why this main route and why we haven't seen very much movement up here. It's because of that reason or one of the reasons why. Anyway, it's always, always good to take it into consideration. Uh, the Ukrainian military has also conducted 21 airstrikes on different Russian targets in the last 24 hours across the entire front of the country. Not just talking around this area we're talking about, but from there all the way around to Kyrgyzstan, which I think, by the way, I think they're doing a better job protecting their front line than we've done. I think it, I, I looked at something. It's almost about the span of the, the border with Mexico. They've done a pretty good job of protecting it. Anyway, the Russians are also still utilizing their engineering battalions to fortify the positions all along the main route that leads from Kremina to Sivitov. The heaviest fighting in the country currently is taking place inside of this area, right on the outside of Sivitov. The weather along this line is just fine for the next 10 days or so. It's prime, prime fighting season. Uh, the temps are right above freezing at night, and so you're going to have little to no rain. It's just going to be cold, so the men are going to be nice and prepped and ready by noon. They're going to be in... It's going to be cool weather to be doing a nice jog in your your fit, I guess you'd say. So I, I have adjusted some of the mapping down in – go ahead and slide down here to back mount real quick. So down here, you guys see this pocket that's actually got across the road right there? That one I'm looking at right there. So that little pocket outside of Bakhmut. Um, the, the Russians were able to take this ground. Like We know that it is fairly difficult. Oh, man, this thing keeps collapsing. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. This program – bug it. Look at that. It's bugging out. Anyway, it's been fairly difficult to get correct information right now in a timely manner, but the current situation for the Ukrainian side of this area has been, I'm not going to say it's bleak. It has been bleak. Nothing's really changed other than that one little pocket. I also haven't heard much from the counteroffensive we spoke about a few days ago, so I'm going to say it's probably not a thing, and it seems it possibly couldn't have been true or maybe it didn't paint out as well. We're gonna, that's why we always wait to verify before posting. Now, Kirsten, 
Not even going to bring Kirsten up. It's been very slow the last couple of days. The Ukrainians say it's due to weather. Like, that's all they say it's due to, which I know the winter months are coming. I know it could have been super rainy. I have no idea. I wasn't there. But looking forward for the 10-day forecast, it's just cloudy. It's like in the mid-60s high. I mean, it's just beautiful weather. A little bit of clouds, not a lot of wind. Air is going to be good. So next 10 days, we'll probably see a lot of movement in the south and possibly up in the northern region of the country. I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. Go check out the sponsors. Other than that, I do love you guys. I'm out.